Yeah, I'm just putting away my groceries here and I want to give a little commentary. This episode's going to be quite heavy in terms of atmosphere. You're going to get a real feel for what it's like coming in from the store, putting away my groceries. That's what you're going to hear, though. You're going to hear how just chaotic my process is for putting my groceries away. But the reason I wanted to do an episode is because I just got back from the grocery store and it's, you know, it's only 8.45 at night here. And this is the latest that I go out. I mean, I don't even go out this late. I'm tucked in. I'm at home not going out by 6, 7 o'clock at night. I don't go out this late at all anymore. But what got me is the grocery store, it, like, you know, I didn't realize that everything adjusts. So right now, grocery stores have what would normally be like the midnight crowd. The people I saw at the grocery store at 8 o'clock at night were the sort of people under normal circumstances you would see at midnight or 2 a.m. Uh, and it was, you know, of course, sparse. You know, it was a sparse amount of people. Which is always a great feeling, like when you pull up to the grocery store at night and you see an empty parking lot, relatively empty. But I went in there and uh, I guess to start things off, you know, the very first person I saw was this obese wigger talking on the phone. And he was behind me as I was entering the store and I didn't realize he was talking on the phone. I thought he was talking to himself because... He, he sounded almost like a Charlie Brown character. He, he sounded almost like a Snoopy adult. I think it was on Snoopy that the adults just kind of talk in this warble. Like, we're, we're, I don't even know how to do it. But the adults on Snoopy, I guess it's like a parents don't understand thing or adults are aliens. Adults are aliens. And I think it's one of those types of jokes where it's like, get it, the parents. You can't understand a word parents are saying. You know, it's the kind of joke, but he, he sounded like that where, you know, I'm not going to try to do the peanuts thing. I'm not going to try to do the Snoopy thing. Uh, and I just realized that it's, yeah, that show's called Peanuts. Here I was thinking it was called Charlie Brown. Here I was thinking it's called Snoopy. It's called Peanuts. But anyway, you know, his voice, he was just like, like I kept I thought that he was just repeating in this kind of awful murmur I thought that he was just repeating over and over again who'd you vote for and maybe that's just my own psychosis like maybe that's my own shit speaking who'd you vote for 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 that's what it sounded like he was saying and uh that's a whole interesting type of character, too. The whole kind of like almost mentally challenged wigger. Because that is a type of person. Like when I was growing up, like when I was in junior high, there was a guy who went to my school who had been hit by a car when he was a little boy. So he was very impaired. I don't know how mentally impaired he was, but he was physically impaired. He couldn't talk. You know, he could barely talk. He had all kinds of issues. But he he kind of, he hung out with the Wiggers. And he was a really mean kid. Like, he would bully people, but he was so impaired that you didn't know what to do. Like, he would ask people for money. He would do kind of like classic bullying. And the Wiggers just kind of let him hang around. I think he had some brothers. 
You know, I think it was one of those things where maybe he had some brothers who were tough guys, these brothers, and he uh, he just ended up being this kind of just weird, heavily impaired. Like, I mean, he walked with a severe limp. One of his arms was couldn't be used. Like, one of his arms was just straight. Like, he couldn't bend that arm, so it just hung straight, and he would swing it. Like, when I talk about him being mean, he would swing that, that like, dead arm. I mean, I think it was a dead arm, it would, but it was straight. It was almost like it had, uh, what do you call it, like, rigor mortis. He had, like, this one arm that had rigor mortis, and he couldn't move it, and he would just swing it at people. And he was very physical. This kid wasn't like that, but it just reminded me of that because that kid kind of like, you would see him, he would be sitting at the Wigger lunch table. And if you didn't grow up in the days where there was a Wigger lunch table, you don't know what growing up is. Uh, but uh, this guy hung out with that and this guy entering the store, like I said, he was, you know, he was obese. And then now with masks and everything, it's like we're looking at Wiggers in 2020, morbidly obese. I mean, he wasn't like, he wasn't morbidly obese, but he was definitely obese. But he, he had a mask on and yeah, it's 2020 and now it's like, there are still Wiggers among us and this, and they seem impaired. Some of them do seem impaired. Which actually reminds me of something completely different, but uh, like there was this Wigger I knew growing up he was, he was my good friend's older sister's boyfriend. And he was like this little Wolverine. He was this short little guy. Like even though he was older than we were, he was really short and like muscular. He was a good football player. And he and my friend's sister, like they were like 14 years old, but they acted like they were married, which is a whole weird dynamic when – it's this badass, like, wigger kid, you know? Because those kids were tough. Like, no matter how easy it is to mock those guys, the wiggers that I knew growing up in junior high, maybe early high school, by then, I think it had kind of worn out its welcome by the time I was later on in high school. I graduated 2004. So I'd say by 2003, 2004, you didn't, you started to see less of this. But there were some of them where they were committed. There were some of them where it doesn't matter what year it is. It's like this guy at the grocery store. It's 2020, and this guy's like a full-blown wigger just talking on the phone the entire time he's in the grocery store, not even making an intelligible sound. So, but so anyway, like this guy, he was you know, he was he was he was part of like the phase of wiggers where they were legitimately scary. At least in a suburban environment, they were the kids who would beat people up. Like, they would actually get in real fights. They would punch people. The guy I'm referring to broke another guy's nose. And the guy whose nose he broke was a tough kid. Like, he didn't he didn't just pick on some nerd. Like, the guy whose nose he broke was on my football team. And he was a Christian, so he was kind of, you know, you know, in terms of, like, his day-to-day life, he was a pacifist. But the kid whose nose got broken, like, he was on my football team, and he played middle linebacker. And he was the hardest hitter on the team. Like, I saw him mess kids up on the football field. But this wigger, this wigger who was built like a Wolverine, they got in some kind of altercation in school. And the wigger just, like, straight up punched this kid right in the nose and broke his nose. And the kid didn't retaliate. The the Christian football kid who was on my team, like, he didn't retaliate or anything. He just took it. Because that's how scary some of these kids were. They were actually legitimately intimidating. 
even though we look back on him and we're like, oh yeah, he had his ear pierced, he wore sweater vests, and he wore pants that were like down around his thighs, as absurd as that is, like those people were actually intimidating. And even though they didn't look as cool as greasers, I think there was something to it where the wiggers in my junior high were kind of like what greasers were in the 1950s. They were bad kids and they were actually tough. Whatever counts for tough in the place I grew up in, these guys count for it. And so this guy, he, he was dating my friend's sister and they, yeah, they were like 14 years old, but they were like, it was just nonstop, like holding hands, like always together, like family trips, he's there. Like they're always together. They're married, but they're 14 and he's a wigger. So they're not like youth group type kids. They're not like good Christian kids who get in an early relationship and are just committed to each other. This is like a weird wigger married couple at age 14. And at the time that was weird to me. And I think it's even more weird to me the older I get when you see like 14 year olds who are like seriously, they're like going not just steady, they're, they, you know, they're, uh, I don't even know, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, I feel like I'm yelling. Um, I'm yelling about these committed 14 year olds, these committed 14 year old wiggers who act like they're married. You know, it's a, it's an amazing phenomenon. You know, but long story short, that guy died after high school and he, uh, you can hear how chaotic it's getting. Um, that guy died a few years after high school, maybe seven years after I graduated high school, I think. And I was looking up people who died recently. Like I was, I was looking into the people that I grew up with who died, you know, not friends of mine, but just people who I heard died after high school. I was just kind of, you know, oh yeah, I heard that person died, but I never looked into it. And now I'm kind of curious. And that guy died and I ended up finding a website that was a memorial to him and it had all these pictures. And like I said, he was an athlete. You know, he was a short little guy, but he was built like a Wolverine and he, and he was rabid. You know, he was a good football player. He was an athlete. But I found all these pictures of him from after high school and he became morbidly obese. And I don't know, it, it almost makes me think he had some sort of thyroid disorder or something that happened to him at age 19. I don't know if it was drugs or alcohol. You know, I saw a picture of him where he had already gained a lot of weight and he was drinking a beer. So my mind naturally kind of thought, oh, maybe he drank himself to death. I never heard a cause of death. Um, but I, I was just blown away because like, he didn't just gain a little bit of weight, you know? Because like, there's some people that I grew up with and I'll, I'll see pictures of them now and I'm like, oh yeah, he looks, he's got like Midwest dad weight. You know, you'll see people and you're like, oh, he looks, he's got the build of a Midwest dad now. I didn't expect that at age 35, but he's got that kind of build now. But this guy, like from the time he was out of high school, he just like ballooned into just this utterly unrecognizable. I mean, it was, I would not know this was the same guy. And I'm not trying to be at all disrespectful to somebody who's no longer here, but I was just blown away by it. And I guess like this guy, seeing this obese wigger, at the grocery store made me think of this guy because he was a wigger who became morbidly obese after high school and died. And it's just such a weird fate. You know, wiggers just have such a weird fate because I first knew something was a little weird when I used to see wiggers pushing strollers. 
I remember in like 2008 seeing Wiggers in unhappy marriages or with unhappy relationships and they would be like like you could tell that they and their significant other had been fighting or they just always fight and they're like solemnly pushing a stroller and I was like oh that's a whole new phenomenon now like I'm getting to see the Wiggers push baby strollers now because they all have kids and those people are impressive because like those guys are committed like guys like that they became wiggers in like between 1999 and 2002 and they never stopped like that became who they are like it makes me think of old men like uh when I was a kid, I used to see old men. Excuse me, I'm actually I'm actually trying to put things away now. But I used to see old men who would be dressed like not like greasers, but they would still be dressed in this sort of like 1950s young man fashion. Almost not bowling shirts, but like those 1950s shirts that would have like two big stripes on the front, like a collared shirt with two big stripes. I would see guys like that, but they were old men. And I was a kid, and I was like, oh, yeah. And they kind of have a little bit of a pompadour. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, those are guys who they were teenagers or young men in the 1950s. And they never really outgrew that style. Like, that remained their sense of cool. And uh, we're going to get to see that play out with Wiggers. Because we're already seeing it now where some guys are just Wiggers for life. Wiggers for life. Like some guys just stayed committed. And uh, I don't know, you know, if you grew up during that time, like you inevitably probably not had a wigger phase because I didn't, but your fashion and everything kind of played into that. Like I remember going through a phase where I wore like polo and I had baggy jeans, you know, and a, and a windbreak, a baggy windbreaker. So it's like just inevitably wearing baggy clothes if you ever like you know wore that kind of stuff like polo tommy hilfiger that kind of stuff like if you wore that at all and you wore it baggy you had kind of a de facto wigger phase and uh the amazing thing about it though is just that some people committed themselves to that for life they are true believers these people are true believers uh, and I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but it does. It, it surprises me that that's something that certain people never grew out of. And I know that probably sounds like I'm putting them down, but I actually think it's kind of awesome. I think there's something kind of awesome about the fact that those guys never thought that what they were doing was uncool. And they might very well end up being 75-year-old men wearing like fubu there there might very well be 75 year old men who are wearing like johnny blaze jeans down you know past their thighs you know what i mean like that's just fucking amazing to me and you see glimpses of it because there was a certain point i mean i'm actually losing my voice i'm yelling i guess um there was a certain point, though, where thrift stores started to get wigger clothes. Like like Goodwill and Value Village, they started to get people's secondhand wigger clothes. Because a lot of wiggers did outgrow it. While I'm talking about these guys who are down for the cause, like wiggers for life. 
Wig is for life. You know, as much as there are those guys, there are a ton of kids who were just wiggers for a couple years, for a few years. And then when the, when the time was right, when they outgrew it, they, mom took all your FUBU clothes to Goodwill. Mom took all your FUBU clothes to Goodwill. You know, and the result of that is that people who don't know better started buying secondhand wigger clothes at Goodwill. And so you started to see like old men walk by you on the street. Like you'd be at the bus station and an old man would walk by you wearing a FUBU hoodie that he got at the thrift store. And he has no idea what that is. It's just a hoodie. Uh, and, and so, like, we've gotten a glimpse of that, but it's not the real thing, you know? Uh, it's not exactly the real thing. Check here. Um, you know, the real thing is when those, the real thing is when my peers, when my peers reach old man age, I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be waiting to see how many wiggers are left. I want to know who the last standing wiggers are. When I'm an old man and I see somebody that I grew up with who is still dedicated to the cause, that's going to be the true test. But anyway, there was other stuff going on there. I mean, I didn't even think I was, you know, I didn't expect this to be all about wiggers. I really didn't. But I mean, that's the thing is all I have to do is see one wigger out in the wild at the grocery store and I could spend the next 10 days talking about nothing but that. And uh, there were plenty of other freaks in the store. I mean, like I said, it, it felt like being, I mean, speaking of bus stations, you know, there are some grocery stores and if you go at a certain time of night, you might as well be in a bus station. And that was the feeling in the air tonight. Everybody seemed to have something freakish. Like, the employees didn't. The only people in the store tonight who didn't seem to have something wrong with them were the employees. And all of the employees were young men in good spirits. Like, they were all, like, 19, 20 years old. And they were all in good spirits. So that was kind of a good, like, it's almost like they're keep, like, like I haven't been to a grocery store this late in a long time. I haven't been to a grocery store at eight o'clock at night in a long time. Uh, and I, I feel like they keep all the young men in the grocery store at night now based on this one experience. But uh, they were all in good humor. And I was going down the yogurt aisle, one of my favorite aisles. And uh, there were these two guys... I thought they were brothers. They both worked, they were both stocking the shelves. And that's kind of a whole other level of retardation in this age of masks. Like seeing two guys stocking shelves at, at a grocery store in masks and being like, I think they might have been brothers. They looked like brothers to me. And it's like seeing people in masks and being like, I think they're brothers. That's, yeah, that's a whole other level of stupidity. Uh, but, uh, they were both like, you know, the reason I thought they were brothers is they both kind of had similar builds and they weren't blonde and they weren't ginger. And I'm thinking this is what people call strawberry blonde. A couple of strawberry blonde guys. Um, I never learned what strawberry blonde was. I'm just kind of assuming I know what it is. 
Like, I don't think anybody ever actually gave me an example of Strawberry Blonde. And to be honest, it seems kind of, you know, it doesn't seem very manly to me, to put it politely, to point out that somebody has Strawberry Blonde hair. Like, that, that seems like something that only women would say. Oh, well, uh, she's a, she's strawberry blonde. Like, strawberry blonde seems like an exclusively feminine description, I guess. And not that I'm afraid of that. I, I just don't think anybody ever properly introduced it to me, and I don't think I cared. I don't think I ever thought there would be a situation where I needed to know what strawberry blonde meant, except now it's here. And I'm suffering through this because these two young men stocking the shelves, I think they were strawberry blonde. They weren't quite ginger, not quite blonde. It's like they their hair was more blonde colored than it was ginger. But they kind of had that weird paleness. Like they kind of had like all, they kind of had that pasty, you know, ginger sort of vibe but their actual hair color wasn't orange or red it was blonde so I, I think that's strawberry blonde or maybe they're just blonde gingers man hey it's a couple of blonde gingers hey i didn't know you guys had blonde gingers stock in the shelves um but uh anyway one of them was in a hoodie it caught my eye because it had a metal logo on the back it was like one of those it was obviously by a big band because uh, it's, you know, that full color, you know, it's in full color. It looks uncomfortable. You know, there's that certain sort of like, if you've ever had band shirts, there's some band shirts you'll get and they're in full color. It's like when they take the album cover in full color and put it on merchandise, how it never looks or feels right. Like if you've had those shirts where it's like the record label releases a shirt of a band and it's just like their full color album cover put on a shirt. It's never comfortable. It never really looks good. It was like that, except, except it was on a hoodie. I, I guess I was kind of surprised that a grocery store employee would be allowed to wear a metal hoodie while they stock the shelves. But I kind of recognized the logo. And uh, I guess I'm just at that point where, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what point I'm at, but uh, I kind of thought it was cattle decapitation. Like I had a cattle decapitation CD, probably like 2001. And I, you know, I wasn't really a fan, you know, I wasn't really, you know, I was into a lot of death metal, a lot of, a lot of grindcore, a lot of underground metal. But that wasn't a band that really spoke to me. But I know that I had an album of theirs. So the, the logo on this guy's shirt looked a little bit familiar, but I wasn't going to sit and stare. But I did kind of pull this old man moment because, you know, he was probably 20 years old. And I was like, what band is that? And sure enough, it was Cattle Decapitation. And I could tell he was a little hesitant to tell me. Because it's like, here he is, a grocery store employee, stocking shelves, wearing a metal hoodie. And uh, a random guy asks him what band it is, and it's cattle decapitation. It's not exactly appropriate. But when he, he said cattle decapitation, I said, oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. And then he just said, have a good night. But that's kind of, that's the level I'm on, where it's like asking a 20-year-old, like trying to figure out what strawberry blonde means so that I can figure out like what the hell this, <laughs> this blonde ginger is. And then like asking him what his hoodie is, even though I don't care. Even though I know it's probably cattle decapitation, and I don't care, and I don't care, I still, like, felt the need to ask him. I felt, I still felt the need to, like, be an old man. You know, I almost wanted to be like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw Deeds of Flesh 20 years ago. Oh, cool, you got a cattle decapitation hoodie. I saw Deeds of Flesh 20 years ago. I didn't say that. I almost, I wanted it to be a Deeds of Flesh hoodie. I wanted it to be a Deeds of Flesh hoodie. And it's okay that it wasn't. But, uh, you know, that's what I wanted it to be. And, you know, it's funny, though, like, not caring about things like that. Like, the idea of just, like, a metal hoodie being insignificant. Because it reminds me of something my friend Robert said which we were talking, you know, some years back, and he was like, he said, you know, I remember the days when you would chase somebody three blocks down the street just to talk to them because they were wearing a Satyricon shirt. It's not even about, like, whether you care about Satyricon or not. You know, it's like there was a point in time where you would make it a point to talk to somebody if they were wearing an underground metal shirt. And, of course, like, Satyricon doesn't even sound very underground to somebody who's into that stuff. But there was a point in time where even if you didn't care about the band, you just need to make contact with them. And, and you know, while I can't completely relate to that, because, I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't get into this stuff until, you know, early 2000s. So I don't know what it was like in, like, 1993. Like, I don't know what it would have been like to see a grocery store employee wearing a cattle decapitation hoodie in 1993. It probably would have been cool because they didn't exist yet. He's in some imaginary band's hoodie. But no, but really, like the equivalent of that, you know, you probably would have like wanted to talk to that person. But we're at a point in time where it's just kind of like, it's just like this pointless exercise just to be like, oh, yeah. That is a cattle decapitation hoodie, and I don't care. I don't even care. It's just that's where we're at. You don't chase someone down the street. It's no big deal. You almost want to avoid them. We're almost at a point where if you see somebody wearing merchandise that relates to some niche interest of yours, you almost want to run the other direction these days, you know? Uh like, uh, like there was a girl at the bookstore a couple years ago who was wearing uh, a Burzum shirt with, like, plaid punk pants. Like, those, those plaid, uh, like, Sex Pistols pants. I don't even know what they are. I don't, I don't know how to classify these things. I know about wiggers. I know all about wiggers. I don't know what punks wear. I don't know what you call those like, plaid pants. It's like plaid pants with zippers on them. I don't know what you call those. I just know wiggers don't wear them. But anyway, she was uh, wearing a Burzum shirt. She was wearing a Detsam Angangvar Burzum shirt. And an old one, too. I could tell because I had the same shirt. 
like I remember when you know I'm sure they've made a million of these, but still like I remember a very distinct phase when I was like 16 where they came out with all these Burzum shirts that had each of the album covers on the front. And I had uh, I had the self-titled cover, I think it was. Yeah, it must have been. And uh, I could tell that her shirt was from that same time. Like it was, it was pretty worn. It was pretty beat up. So I could tell it was, I think, from that same run of shirts that came out. And uh, again, it, like, it doesn't even matter. Like it doesn't even matter when you see that now. But I was feeling pretty glib. And, and so I was just like, hey, nice, nice, nice birds shirt. Nice birds shirt. Nice birds, birds some shirt. You know, I, I complimented her shirt. And she just kind of said, thanks. Just kind of. I mean, I, I mean that kind of. She was very unenthusiastic. And then I, I followed that up with, I was thinking you wanted to go on a date. Because I like Burzum and you like Burzum. And I was thinking we'd go on a date and talk about Burzum. You know, I... I uh, <laughs> No, it, it was, after she said thank you, I dropped it. You know, because it, again, we're not in a, at a time where that matters. Like, even though I'm a Burzum fan, not a cattle decapitation fan, it's of equal value to me, like running into somebody in the wild wearing a shirt like that. Like, even if it's something I like, it doesn't even matter. And... Uh, I don't know. That, that's just kind of a product of our times. I feel like it's just a product of our time where it's like the things that like pertain to your niche interests are somehow, I don't know. Everything is generic. And I don't mean that in a, in a bad way. I don't mean that the things themselves are bland. I just mean, it's like you kind of expect to see everything. Now you expect to see everything and it means nothing. And I don't mean that in a nihilistic way, because I think the whole point is that you yourself don't lack meaning. It's that you realize that all these things that you're coming into contact with, you just kind of bump up against them and then they fall away. Even when they seem personally relevant to you, even when they relate to something that you're into. I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of the time that we live in. Plaid punk pants. Wiggers wearing plaid punk pants. Old men, old wiggers. Old men wearing plaid punk pants and FUBU hoodies with Burzum shirts on underneath.